Welcome to the first ever podcast of Getting Anything Done with Rebecca Flowers and Lisa Seamus. This is a podcast. I fucked it up. Okay, let me do it again. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. I'm welcome, so glad. welcome to the first episode oh of Getting God. Anything Done. How do getting we, any, getting how a damn say thing it? Done. We, let's getting anything done. Getting just say it. Getting anything, anything done. done. Right, with the emphasis <laughs> on the anything. Anything. You had more time than I did because you weren't eating frosted mini wheats and prosecco. And prosecco. I've continued That's, on the prosecco. That kind of dinner is what I call. Getting anything done. Getting anything done. Getting anything done. So there's other ways we can say it. So what do we do? We got to introduce ourselves. We do. I thought I would. I thought I would let our listeners know that. Um, here's pro tip. Here's our first tip. Life yeah. hack for our for listeners. Pro- productivity for the productivity rest of hack us. for our listeners. When someone that you love asks you how you are. You have two options that are very meaningful options for answering that, right? And this is uh-huh. something you and I practice almost all the time. Uh-huh. And it's a it's a good stress reliever, and it's a good way of communicating without actually communicating, which we know is a great skill in in this society of ours. So, yeah. okay, so I'm going to start by asking you, hey, Rebecca, how are you? Wait, I got to back up. Do you, you not remember this? No. There's oh. two ways to respond. Yeah. Remember that? Oh. You ask me. You ask yeah, me. Yeah, I remember now. Okay. Hey, how are you? Fine. That and was one. How are you? Okay. <laughs> That's right. Very good. Like that. See, that now, puts you I on the footing where, where it's basically like everything is exploding in my life. Yeah. I'm falling through the cracks. Yes. Help me, dear God, help me. Help me. But you don't yeah. have to say it in public. So it's like really great, I think, right. productivity tip. So can I can I sh- kick things off here? Yep. Okay. So you're listening to Getting Anything Done with with uh, Rebecca Flowers and Lisa Seamus. We are sisters-in-law. We live on a llama farm in Vermont where we <laughs> churn our own butter <laughs> we make our, our own curtain we mend our own clothes roof Pop. our own homes with yes. thatch with we solar thatch with solar with thatch. solar thatch and we write books many write books, books on astrophysics many books we don't finish them Publish but we write the them and we have 10 orphan children from various parts of the world that we raise in addition to the llamas and, and our, we're monetizing the fuck out of our lives. Oh, my God. Everything is monetized. <laughs> the butter churn is monetized. <laughs> and our men are as happy as... Men can be. Men which can is be. not very happy. <laughs> and we're only 23 years old. Uh, one of my most fulfilling memories is... Excuse me, I can't even get through this. One of my most fulfilling memories is live-tweeting the birth of my son. Oh, I remember. Oh, wasn't that I just remember. so moving? Can we call that live twatting? <laughs> oh, no. I handed that to you. You just, you, you just, but you, you saw it. That's what I love about you. <laughs> live twatting. And I'm sure it was monetized. And it was monetized as fuck. We are longtime best friends and sisters-in-law. Um, we're... Very productive without ever making progress. And so mm-hmm. we're doing this podcast because we figure there are a lot of us, a tribe, if you will, of people who need a productivity podcast that's really not that productive. Right. And there you have it. We're, we're hamsters on the hamster wheel. <laughs> we are. Uh, you know how they talk about serial entrepreneurs? Which, by the way, I don't know when that ever became a compliment because to me it sounds really sketchy. But um, I am a serial blogger. I've had um, two serious blogs over the years. 
And I'm thinking uh, pretty hard about starting a new one. And this time, this third one, I want to monetize the fuck out of this yeah. third blog. Yeah. And um, my first blog was just sort of like a curiosity blog. It was like fun, cool stuff on the internet. Back when the internet was fun still. I remember that. Yeah, I miss it. And, uh, and uh, the second one was a money blog that I started because I was reading a lot of money blogs. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool to start a money blog? And I started one. And I kept it going for a while. And it never, it was all right. It was okay. It never made any money. Um, and so this third one might, might. Yeah. Um, oh. In addition to that, I have been unproductive on a number of fiction and nonfiction projects as a writer. Uh, I have managed to hold down jobs pretty reasonably well through my life. I have had, um, I have been, let's say, a serial married person, mm -hmm. but I'm successfully married right mm -hmm. now. So mm -hmm. that's me. You've been successfully married many times. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I've been successfully married twice, and I've There's been married three times. So such, two out of three, as, as they say. Successful marriage. I just don't believe that. <laughs> All a journey. All a journey. Yeah. It's a All journey. right. <clears throat> I'm Lisa's sister-in-law, Rebecca Flowers. I live in central Ohio. Uh, Lisa lives in, in the D.C. area, by the way. And uh, we both have kids in college. We both have husbands. We both have uh, dogs and yes. cats. Dogs and cats. Uh, I'm a writer as well. I, too, have... Uh, fallen down on a number of fiction and nonfiction projects. Um, I'm also a, uh, a, a, a therapist in, in, in central Ohio, working mainly with uh, women and men against the patriarchy. Yay! Yeah, my subspecialty. Yeah. And um, we need yeah, a card so game for that, like cards against the patriarchy. Oh, yeah. We need oh, to invent. Somebody that. needs to invent that. We should invent oh, that. God. Love it. Wasting our time. Here. We need a bell. I'm gonna go get a bell while you're talking. <laughs> Keep talking. I'm gonna so, get like, a bell. Every time we think of something, you're yeah. gonna ring the bell. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So yeah, uh, we thought we would try to support each other in the current projects that we have. Mm -hmm. I'm writing a book. Lisa's starting a blog project, and we thought we would check in with each other once a week and see what kind of progress we've made on our projects and then talk about why it's not as much as we hope <laughs> or hey, and should, can you just or could reasonably be expected it to be <laughs> exactly we're going to do everything that we've all been doing i mean listeners Aren't you just up to here with the check-ins and the accountability threads and the, and the bullet journals and the passion planners and I the 43 folders? Uh, this no. is going to be the podcast safe space for all of us who are bruised, wounded warriors of the yeah. productivity wars. Yeah. And and, yeah. I myself am a recovering productivity junkie. <laughs> I use a passion planner and a bullet journal and a freedom journal. And I don't know, I got something else going on here too. I want to save some time to talk about those. I actually did research tonight before this oh. podcast. But before oh, we do that, our listeners cannot see the bell. But this is the bell. And I want oh to show God. you because this is actually both the root of my biggest problem in productivity and also the best thing about me is how many ideas I think could yeah. take off yeah. I, like every idea I hear that's great I'm like we should do that so I want you to say just clearly into the mic for me okay cards against the patriarchy okay and for our listeners it's a classic dry cleaners bell yes is the yeah. yes like no one's at the counter and right you're ringing it for service right okay ready yeah. I think we should start cards against the patriarchy stuck how appropriate and it kind of sticks our, our bell is kind of like not very productive that's so perfect okay and then do we need like an air horn or something for when we quit doing what we're doing and move on to the shiny new <laughs> I thing i do i think we need a lot do do? of sound effects we need yeah. some cowbell 
for example. For sure. Always. Yeah. You always need cowbell. So we're going to have guests on the show Mm -hmm. to talk about their struggles with productivity. Yep. Perhaps some failures along the way. Yep. Um, and we're gonna, uh, we're gonna share our own process, right? Yep. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes we're gonna have some serious, maybe 10, 20% serious, uh, actual things that could work for our lives. Um, but yeah. And case in point, as I said, I did a little research. I thought, you know, we're starting this in December. This is the time of year when people start to think about like, Hey, What's the planner that I'm going to get for this coming year? You know, the very special planner that I will fill like crazy and use like crazy from January until June Mm -hmm. and then just leave empty for the rest of the year. What special planner is that going to be? So maybe our listeners could tell us what special planner they're planning on partially using in 2019. We would love that. Which brings me to a question, which is, are we going to have like an email address that they send that to or Twitter or how do we, how are our listeners? Just send it to, um, what's the name of our show again? Getting Getting Anything Done. Okay. Send it to gad, Mm G-A-D at gmail.com. No, that won't be available. Are you sure that's going to be available? (laughs) Let's say, Gad at gettinganythingdone.com. Are you going to buy another domain, Rebecca? You know we've had this conversation. I need you to hold that topic just briefly. We'll get through our introduction. I will hold it between my knees. Very happily tell you about the number of URLs that I currently own. (laughs) Okay. I took a look to see, like, what are the planners that are out there? And this is a very unscientific look that I took. It's basically the planners I know about. So, um, so first, first I went to a, you know, I was like best planners and I came up with a very unsatisfying list that was basically good old fashioned calendars in various pretty papers. And I'm like, that's not a planner. A, A planner transforms your life. Exactly. You know, a planner like makes makes the you know makes the scales fall from your eyes so that at last this is the year. This is your year. Do you know what I mean? That's you feel like this is my year. If you don't feel yeah. that feeling, it's not a planner, it's just a calendar. <clears throat> so I broke my planner cherry on the passion planner. So I went to their website to see how they're doing. And oh boy, oh boy, since this little kid did her TED talk a few years ago, boy, has she professionalized. Like, I don't even know if she owns the company anymore. She has a trademarked uh, motto now. What is it? Your Paper Life Coach. TM. Your Paper Life Coach. TM. And shop now, shop now, shop now. There's a million buttons for shopping now. Uh-huh. I seem to remember the older website was a lot more human and a lot more like, watch my TED Talk, see my journey, how I came up with it, be part of the Pash fam, which is Passion oh, Planner family. Don't I know it. And don't now it's I like it. super generic. I guess we're I'm not getting an right af- now. I guess we're not getting an see. affiliate link from the Passion Planner people because I'm really shredding oh, their their oh, website. Like corporate looking now. Yeah. You see it? You see what I mean? It's like very different. Yeah. Now they're still they are still on brand in that it was founded by a woman of color, young woman of color, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're still using models that are primarily young women of color. So they still right. kind of know that that's the base they want to to really appeal to the most. Um, right. You know, it's for everybody. It's not like specific to women of color, but it's just that's kind of that sisterhood feeling. So it's still kind of barely has that like if i go to our story yeah um maybe you'll get the ted talk link no and i'll tell you i am in the pash family on facebook and it is a it's a nightmarish hellhole of complaining (laughs) women (laughs) who are either bitching about the size of the journal (laughs) the new choice of font or they're sharing their favorite washi tape brands with each other. Favorite what? Oh, washi tape. Washi tape. That's a thing for young people. I don't know what that washi is, really. Tape. I kind of like 
completely useless. Let me just outline it for you. It's a completely useless, useless stationary item. It's a tape that you can't write on and is transparent, but has a design on it. So what the fuck is that for? That. I don't know. And yet, it's everywhere now. Everywhere. Washi tape. Oh, did you see the washi tape sale at Michael's? This is the Pash family on Facebook. Uh, yeah. And then they're like, ooh, share your spread for January. And then, of course, they all have this amazing calligraphy and these fonts that they can hand write and stickers and da -da -da. And I'm thinking, think how much work you could have gotten done. <laughs> Well, that's it's the thing. I mean, I did it. I have to say here, to I have to say your planner. I have to say the lovely thing about the passion planner when I was using it was that it gave me permission to just faff around. And I did come up with some beautiful ideas and I did see some things freshly because of the spaces for being creative and things like that. So I, I will, I will say um, the fact that I did not stick with it is not the fault of the journal per se. I think the journal was, here's my plug. The journal was, pretty well designed and really useful. It was mostly just me that I just didn't stick with it. Yeah. But also I was in that group that you're talking about for a while. And I agree with you yeah. 100%. And I'm sorry, I don't need, you know, um, Dr. German dentist in like the Jane Austen font on a piece of wall. <laughs> I don't know, I but doesn't do it make life. it more pretty? And no, okay, all right. So moving on now, I'm. I also looked into the bullet journal because oh, the everybody's bullet journal. crazy. Now for the, we're talking. Everybody's crazy for the bullet journal. Crazy Am I right? The bullet journal. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of resources online, but I went with one particular one. I went with the discussion of the bullet journal that you can find on www.tinyrayofsunshine.com. Listen to you with the www. That's hilarious. So I went to Tiny Ray of Sunshine, and a Tiny Ray of Sunshine is a blog run by a young person named Kim, and she says, here you'll find ideas about the bullet journal, planning, productivity, and other creative experiments. Okay. She has an entire blog devoted to the bullet journal. Wow. So that should have been my first warning, right? Yeah. Then I get her very cheerful greeting. It's from 2016, so um, I don't know if she's still updating the blog or not, which would tell us a lot. But hello there. In this article, I will go a bit deeper into how the bullet journal system works and walk you through how to get started. The absolute best place to get started with the bullet journal is by going to the bullet journal website. First, please watch the official video. Even if you have already, it is always a good idea to get a refresher. Like, I'm tired already. I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Just what are you selling? There's, an, info, there's an infographic. Thorough oh, guide to the bullet journal system with infographic. There's so much here, Rebecca. I, there's so much. Why is there so much here? I... I don't know. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I want to crawl <laughs> I, under my covers with my passion planner. This is not a tiny ray of sunshine to me. No, no. This is the this opposite. Is sort of anything but. This is sort of like a blinding glare of this is a, devil star this is a dark eruption. Hit of self loathing. <laughs> like I'm so inadequate. I can't even get through the bullet journal tutorial. I hate anything with a tutorial. Can we agree on that? If there's a tutorial, I, totally I run in the opposite direction. I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by even the thought of sitting and watching a tutorial. <laughs> so moving swiftly on to the next, because we've said enough about the bullet journal, unless you'd like to say something because you used no, it. No, I'm a fan of the bullet journal, and that is because um, I'm pretty much convinced that over the last five years that I've lost my fucking mind. <laughs> is the bullet I, journal good for that then? It is. Ah. I can't remember a thing. I remember nothing. Oh. Not a thing. Okay. So I know now I have to write it all in the bullet journal or wander confused and lost through my world. So I, I do use it. So yeah. good. 
Okay. Yeah. It's that's filled with a lot of customer service representatives' names. That's a big thing for me. Uh, who am I talking to? What's your, <laughs> what's your extension? Got a lot of that in here. All I right. don't any longer need. I think Aiden, my son, uses uh, the bullet method. I don't think he uses a literal bullet journal. And I don't know if he can be sued for that. Like if he's using just the bullet ideas. What's the bullet journal? There's no the bullet journal. Everybody's like, use the Washington 910 or whatever. It's oh, called. there's no literal the, journal. It's just a method. Skin. It's a method that you can use within a journal. Exactly. See, this yeah. is how much I don't know. Because guess why? Because I skipped frickin' tutorial because they scare me. I hate them. Okay. Tutorials are evil. Yeah. And you know what I hate about tutorials especially mm -hmm. is the wind-up to the instructions. Yeah, My what is God. that? It's like a training for the training. Oh, you know, everyone's <laughs> got to talk about like, oh, you know, uh, like those recipes you find online, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like a description of every ingredient and how the recipe was made and who it was made for and how long each step took and pictures. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't need to know what you did with the walnuts, you know? Do you know why I think that is though? I think everybody's trying to make it their own. Do you know you cannot, I believe you cannot literally well, that's copyright. Ridiculous. Well, it is ridiculous, but most of the things that we're going to be talking about are ridiculous. So most everything, most everything in life. Do you ever think about like this is a this is a side trip, but a, an important okay. one. Do you ever think about how much of our time on Earth is just like by definition is going to be wasted time, not productive time, and that Are like there's nothing we can do about that is just the way it is. Before Pinterest or after? <laughs> well, is Pinterest took wasted time to a whole other level because Pinterest sort of made made um, all of that wasted time so exquisitely beautiful. We had no idea how beautiful that wasted time was True. before True. Pinterest. But like in a conversation, I mean, you have to stop and breathe. Mm -hmm. Like there's pauses. You can't like just say mm -hmm. sounds all the time. So you literally have like wasted time in every conversation you have. And yeah. that's if it's a good, and often it's not a good conversation anyway. Right. It's like, will you smell this milk? Smell it. <laughs> no, I'm, no, really, smell it. Does that smell it's off your to turn. you? It's your turn to smell it. <laughs> it smells off to me. Do you bring your phone <laughs> into the bathroom with you? Oh, my goodness. Wow, we're really getting to it in the very first podcast. And if so, do you feel the increase in hemorrhoids is due to having your phone in the bathroom with you? Serious well, question. TMI, I do not have Serious hemorrhoids. Serious question. Huh? Well, Sorry. smell you. <laughs> Sorry. I, TMI, again, I have had them, but don't yeah. presently have. Well, you've had a baby yeah. that you pushed out of your vagina, so yeah. So, God, we said vagina in the first podcast. We're just like... We're going for it. Check, check, check. Um, I have been known to bring my phone into the bathroom. That's a dodge. That's a sneaky dodge. 20 to 23% of the time. Really? Yeah, I don't... I actually don't do it very often. That's not bad. But I don't have, like, super young kids. Like, anybody who's got kids under eight... It's oh, a yeah. total pass because oh, for the sure. bathroom is the only place you get privacy. Right, right. So, well, I, I have a fourteen-year-old and a seventeen-year-old, and the bathroom is still the only place where I get any real privacy. Relatable, relatable. and not always. I'm no. telling you, not. In fact, rarely is that an actual safe space for me. They are happy to knock on the door. What are you doing? It makes the hemorrhoids worth it. Okay, I got one more productivity thing. Okay. Two All more, right. but one is quick. So as a side trip, another one, because I take a lot of side trips, I looked at, like, what are the best productivity apps just to make my head spin? And there was this one, I went to this one place called ClickUp that suggested 31 different productivity apps, including, by the way, Pocket, which I use, which I love. Pocket. Pocket is not, by any stretch of the imagination, a productivity app. 
Okay. Pocket is the opposite of productivity because it collects all the articles that you think you want to read later. No. And it also it serves up new articles that you might want to read. God. (laughs) Is that is that productive? That is not productive. So it's like having the New Yorker in your phone. Yeah. That updates itself every day. Yeah, exactly. And the guilt and the guilt of the of the stack of New Yorkers that you have still have not read with the Atlantic and with medium, it has, it it samples from medium. I mean like pocket and medium are basically the same, almost the same thing, except medium is all new content, mostly written by productivity dude bros. I sent you one of those, didn't I? These these men who like 10 ways to have a simpler life when you're a white man earning what white men earn. John Hancock and Ben Franklin can teach us. Oh yeah, that one too. It's like they're always quoting the the wisdom Our masters, fathers. and they're all also white men. It's just like a sea of white men over a medium. And yeah, it's I, I nuts. think they don't they don't really write about how to squeeze in the childcare and the the house care, right? It's like oh, really, how did white men get things done? Really? <laughs> right. Getting things you need to done fuck in with here white men. Done as a straight white male. <laughs> okay. Cards against the patriarchy will be our game. All right. One last one. One last right. one, and then right. we get to talk about our own actual productivity okay. or lack thereof. Okay. So this is an old one. This is forty-three folders. Ever heard of it? Oh yeah, I have heard of it. All right. Have you used it? it right have now. you tried it? Have you done it? No. God, no. I saw the number 43. And <laughs> you were like, I'm out. Not That's, for me. I'm out. That's it. Out. Anything over five, I'm out. If I can't count it on one hand, I'm out. Is that the logic? You got it. Okay. You I tried it. it. I tried it for like a nanosecond. Okay. I think it would have worked, but I didn't stay with it. But it could have worked. I can't. All I see is forty-three folders. It's been been a while, but I think what it is is you make. I think you make twelve folders for the month. I'm going to get this so wrong, but twelve folders for the month for each month. Four folders for the four weeks in a month. Ah, I have to look it up, but it's something like that. It's like like a like a Manila folder. Are we talking about? Yeah. What's 43 folders? Let's look into this because this actually, I mean, so this came out of like Silicon Valley back before Silicon Valley had become uh, an evil hippodrome of, of disgusting ego yeah. and, you know, um, well, back, when, back this- when Google was still saying don't be evil and meaning it. Oh, right. So this was any kind of, some Silicon right. Valley folks. Ironically, we're recommending a very paper-based system for staying organized. So 43 Folders was launched in 2004 by Merlin Mann. And the way that it's used is, yes, you get just like manila folders. This is crazy. I went to 43folders.com. I'm in how to. Yes. Yeah. anything but how to use it. It's that, it's that I know. old run up um yeah he's not explaining how to do it no no a little something on life hack let's see a tickler file it's a reminder system intended to act as an adjunct to your regular calendaring and schedule system isn't it funny that you have to leave the 43 folders website to find out how 43 (laughs) folders works (laughs) maybe this just speaks to the the they don't want us to know. They don't want know? to empower us. You know what they want to do? They want to make us listen to their goddamn podcast so they can mansplain it to us <laughs> in real time. Do you know what's so funny, though? I found the instructions on a site for an office supply store. I bet they love 43 folders over at officedynamics.com. So you have 31 folders, one for every day in the month, and then you have 12 for the months of the year and that's it boom you're done and you keep like if you have a bill that's due on the 10th you put it in your 10th folder and every day you check a folder and if if it's not due until next month or three months from now you stick it in that folder and that's the whole thing 
Okay. It's kind of cool. And All right. They're also famous for what they call the hipster PDA, which is just a stack of index cards, three by five index cards with a binder clip that you stick in your pocket. These are guys who designed everything we use online, right? They're all software engineers and they're managing their days with a stack of three by five index cards in a binder clip. Just like uh Let us uh, sit with that for a minute. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't mean literally. I just meant, I just was like being all cute. Just like Anne Lamott with her, she has a three by five index card in her back pocket throughout the day to jot things down on. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many index cards have ended up in my laundry, <laughs> clogging the filter in the dryer. I mean, so I can, I can carry index cards all I like, but my notes are still going to wind up on my arm. You yeah. Know? I'm just I like, wait, I, hang on a second. Let me just. Yeah. Right. Find a little naked piece of skin and jot that down. I, oh, you know what I did? I did a system like this called the file, the file. Oh, what was it called? It was pretty amazing. It took me three days to set it up, which I loved. Um, it was all color-coded. It tells you exactly where to hide all your bills so you never had to, you know, confront them. <laughs> really I like did it love already. it very much. And the, I just had it. The Freedom Planner? Freedom Filer. Freedom, freedom Filer was what it was. Do you have to be a registered Republican to use that system? No. Oh, good. No, you okay. don't. All it's right, because colorful. I just feel like I would be too, they wouldn't approve of my politics. Well, all right, so that, so Andrew came home one night and saw that I had the Freedom Journal, right, on the bed. So the Freedom Journal, it's, um, yeah, it, 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 it may be a, a production of Focus on the Family, for all I know. It's in like a leatherette binding with with that gold gilt edge, you know, paper edges, and it's 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 hideous. I mean, it is awful. However, it's a very useful uh, uh, way to get something done, anything done, something done. And anything. I've been using it. Yeah. What I had to do was I had to photocopy the pages and then return the damn thing to Amazon because I couldn't stand to see it. Wow. It was just so hideous. You just, oh, yeah. told, oh, you just told a hypothetical national audience, hypothetically a, international audience, that you well, sent an item back to Amazon after using it. And you know, you didn't just tell any audience. You told an audience that includes Amazon. And, and as you know, Amazon yeah. knows everything. Yeah. The drones are coming for you. What's the upshot of your research? Well... I think um, you need a good dappled notebook, like the kind that you get at the drugstore for, if you watch the sales for 99 cents, mm -hmm. two ninety nine dollars at the most. Get yourself one of those. Um, keep a calendar online. You're done. What's the notebook for? <laughs> just, you just write shit in it. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> like you keep your, your and we keep it in the clubhouse you keep your calendar in google yeah where they have dates and stuff for you and they set okay. things up for you and then like you might write yourself a little note like check google calendar so what happens <laughs> between you and the passion planner I, I think we need to explore this a bit I don't know if I'm comfortable was, opening up like that. Was there a I don't um, know a breach of trust? <laughs> was there a feeling of being let down? You know what? Uh, let me just get serious here for a minute. And actually, this is a good segue to the part of the show where we talk about what we're doing and why. Um, in seriousness, I happened to use the Passion Planner during a year when I had sold my old house, moved to my new house. Um, was exhausted because of some health problems that my son had had. Just, just selling that house, there's a whole backstory that you know that you don't have to go into of what it was like to leave that house I'd lived in for 17 years and move into a new house. At that time, I was still working for myself freelance. We didn't have a lot of money. 
I had tapped into my IRA repeatedly. Um, life was not good. And uh, during that time, I got this passion planner to get back on track, to get more ambitious, to scale up my business, like really embrace some big projects, do some big things. I think it helped me in the sense that it gave me an outlet. I used colored pencils. I had this crazy color coding system, etc. But I think it petered out halfway through the year because <clears throat> I really started to recognize, and I'm still on this path, that I needed to knuckle down and be extraordinarily practical. It wasn't a time for me to dream anymore. I needed to just get a fucking job, full-time job in a field that I had walked away from some years before uh, because that was going to be more lucrative than working for myself or teaching. And I had a kid on the way to college, a kid who has some complex health needs. Um, I, no disrespect to the passion planner. I adore the passion planner. But it was created by a millennial, and that's meaningful. She has her whole life ahead of her, and she conceived of that journal in a way that a woman of 55 doesn't have the luxury. Or at least I don't have the luxury right now of being that person where it's like a wide open road, I can do anything. I had to face some really seriously difficult truths that we've talked about that actually have led us to this podcast. Mm -hmm around how I've handled money, around how I've handled career, around, around how I've handled relationships. It is not the time in my life anymore to say, it's an open road, let me dream big. I've got to be different. And so that's in a nutshell, in a big nutshell, um, why that wasn't a fit for me. But the six months that I did it, I loved. And I think I did need that break like one last time to be that big, expansive, dreaming, imaginative person. And somewhere around here, I have it. I should probably go back to it and, and just look and see, you know, like it, it is keeping those dreams safe, even if I can't really live them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it, it does make me wonder, right, do you at different stages of life, do you need different kinds of productivity expectations or yeah well there's really not a lot out there made by or for people or women in their 50s in their 60s in their 70s there's no planner for someone who's in their 70s i mean anyone in their 70s can use any of these planners if they want to but are they made for them are they made for that time in their life I don't think so. I think I think anyone over 50 is kind of um, a little bit invisible in the marketplace anyway. Yeah. I, for me, I'm hoping that when I'm in my 70s, the only planner I really need is the schedule of activities down at the, Shuffleboard. At the desk. <laughs> the, yeah. the van is going With downtown to see Hamilton exactly. 3. Exactly. <laughs> and what time it's going to get to the beauty parlor. Mm -hmm my do my Friday do right. so I want to turn the tables on you a okay. bit and ask you about um, your projects or sort of like your central passion okay. or the thing you would love to get off the ground this coming year I'm gonna segue into that yeah okay so um, I'm writing a novel as you know I published a novel ten years ago and um, I've written a couple novels since then that I haven't tried to publish because I didn't really like them. And then I quit writing altogether a couple years ago. And I told everybody I quit. I, I'm done writing. I'm not going to try this anymore. Um, it was very purposeful. It was very aware. It was something I felt I had to do because Glennon uh, Doyle talks about the conflict, which is that to write, you have to go way, way deep down. Exactly. And it takes time to get there mm -hmm. and you have to spend some time there yep. and it takes time to come out. Yep, exactly. And I was not able to come out and be present with my family in the way that I needed to be. And it got to be too painful. And I didn't like how I was feeling. I didn't like the pull of that deep place and how it really did, you know, kind of hijack me from my 
my family. I relate to this so hard. Yeah, right? Yeah. So I just said, I'm off the hook. I'm done. I'm not going to do this right now. Yeah. And my kids are older now. And one of them is getting ready to go to college. The other one's in high school. I actually find myself with some time. And um, a story has been with me, I realized, for 18 years. For 18 years, this particular story has been following me around. And I've never forgotten it. I remember the characters' names. I remember the dynamic. I remember a little bit of the plot that I'd always thought of. So, uh, yeah, I I got myself a freedom journal. <laughs> it comes with a gun. So, <laughs> that's been nice. And I photocopied the pages and I sent it back to Amazon. Um, <laughs> you give yourself 100 days and you check in with this, you, have, you know, the yeah. morning check-in page and then the evening check-in page. And I have found it is really holding me accountable and helping me think about the challenges that I'm having and, and kind of how to solve them. Well, I'm sorry that I did not research the Freedom Journal. The Freedom Journal. The Freedom, I'm going to go look at it. I think if you go to the NRA's website, <laughs> there's a link right there. Um, Does Dana Lesha no. have anything to do with this project? I'm going to – I will send you the free PDF because you – can't even handle the Wow, material. it looks like something that you would get from like the um what is it, the Benjamin Franklin Library or whatever it is. <laughs> Do you remember those things from the newspaper? You know what I'm talking about? With your with your memorial coin. Yeah. You'd get a memorial coin with this puppy. Why do all of these journals, somebody has done some kind of price point research, every single one of these journals is between thirty and thirty nine dollars. None of them are forty dollars. No. They're never, they're never $40. Right, right. That's the Freedom Journal. I, I got to tell you, I, I, so I, what I did was I took another journal that I had and I hadn't been using, and I just cut the page. I printed off the pages. I cut them to size, and I pasted them into my own journal so that I don't vomit while I'm holding it. This is why you need to work at a, at a, like a copy store, like FedEx office. Somebody could that be like, actually, you know what, I mean, seriously, I'm, as you know, I'm like really into like getting a second job now or mm -hmm. the gig economy. And I, I do it with clear eyes because I see the incredible flaws and the ways in which it's just furthering the demise of, you know, don't even get me started, but like humanist values just going up in flames in this late capitalist economy. Yeah. That said... A job at FedEx office would be kick ass for you. Right? I think yeah. so. Or staples? Right? Yeah. Somebody could be like, you hand cut these pages and hand paste them into this journal for me. And I would be like, absolutely. absolutely. I will do that. I will. I love that. And I will show so, you where the colored pencils are, which aisle they're on. But not the washi tape, because that not shit's the ridiculous. Washi tape. That shit is poison. That shit is a waste of time. <laughs> So, uh, so, cards yeah. against what is it? Washi tape. Cards against washi tape. There we go. That's a good that's idea. A, that's gonna sell. That's a very sad bell you have there. We it is. It used to be a happier. Cleaners. It used to be a happier bell. But, oh, there we go. That well, you, it doesn't. You you do that and and it just stays down. It's like you 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 hit it and it just stays down. It's, it is a sad bell. Can I ask you why you have that bell in your home? I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> here's why. Let's see. Four years ago, when I was still a successful entrepreneur, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember, I had this massive contract with an educational company that shall not be named that was... Oh, yeah. We were writing test items for the really evil tests that little children have to take. Uh, K through 12, K through 11, whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah. in a weird, weird way, it was good work because we were writing these items for these children who were trapped in these airless rooms taking tests. And we were, uh, it was a group of us, seven writers. We were really working hard to make these little items as interesting and cool and fun as we could. Uh -huh. So, but we were also writing at breakneck speed. And we started joking about like every time you finished an item, you'd hit, and it was like piecework. We were paid by the item. Again, yeah. 
late capitalism, need I say right. more? But right. so every time we finished one of these items, we were joking that we should have a bell where we were like, you know, kind of thing, come get your item. And so when we finished the project, I bought two of these for me and the other team lead, um, my friend Greg, and gave, gave him one and kept one for myself. So That's lovely. It's my little reminder that there's no getting away from late capitalism. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do, because we're always in danger of losing sight of that fact. Yeah, we cannot forget that. We cannot forget good, that. Good brother does not want us to forget that. Right. So, so my goal is to write and publish a novel. In in this coming year, or just oh, like, yeah. do you have a time frame? Oh yeah. Whoa. You know why? Wow. Because one of the reasons I don't finish projects is because I get so damn sick of them. Yeah. After just a few months. Yeah. I so mean, you're gonna you know, power my through. ADHD or my. Mm -hmm. You're gonna push. You're gonna push through. Yeah. So before I'm just you get, get tired done of it. As soon as I can. Yeah, that's smart. You know, I am now like, uh, uh, we're gonna write from the gut. We're not gonna spend a whole lot of time editing. That's somebody else's job, right? So yeah, I'm writing like it's NaNoWriMo every day. Ah, oh, like yeah. twelve months, like. Let me do the, let me do the, it's like, well, math really 12 rhymo. I'm not really doing that. Math 12 rhyer, because it's a year. Because if I were doing that, I would have had this done. <laughs> yeah, I was not going to be the one to remind you that <laughs> NaNoWriMo okay. is over for another year. But you have another chance. Like, think, oh, my God, you know what you could do? Like, if you keep writing and you're, like, on track, next November you could be one of those annoying people on Twitter who's like, I finished my novel at NaNoWriMo, and all the rest of us right. are like, I suck. You could be that person. Oh, yeah, I'm totally I got a book. I got, a, I got an agent during NaNoWriMo. Yeah, right. That could be What's you. A, a novel I wrote in the first week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just powered through. I just got up at... 4 a.m. and then yeah. at and then at yeah. seven I went to my I went to my job as a as a I dropped, fitness I dropped the kids off at Montessori and then I <laughs> and you have to do it in that voice. <clears throat> I tried yeah. NaNoWriMo once. Oh, how'd it go? How do you think it went? <laughs> you even have to ask. I bet <laughs> you did a lot of growing that. <laughs> I did a lot the, of growing. For the days that you participated. <laughs> I did a lot of growing. I did a lot of oh, understanding why I only have the one book. <laughs> I have a whole NaNoWriMo project, which it reminds me about every year when I think, ah, this is the year, and I go back in, where I've uploaded a photo, and I've taken time with the font for the title and the whole thing, and that is as far as I've gotten. Can we just, I've designed the book jacket. Can we just fill ourselves? I mean, it's a little. So the thing I always thought would be the worst fate as a writer was not to ever have a book. But now we each have a book. Uh, now I understand yeah. that the actually the, the the next worst fate for yeah. writers to have just the one book and then like nothing just else the one. because you're not a failed writer. You're not a failed writer, but you're not a successful writer. So you're sort of like here we are, the two of us, some almost not failed writers some almost not failed writers right. does that work we're almost not failed purgatory we're because almost we were given a chance successful given a chance right yeah like given like picked out of the millions of manuscripts right we were given this chance yeah. and that's even worse it's even worse like you blew it you know did i tell you about the time that so i was I invited like sometimes i know did I tell you about the time I was invited to a book festival in Austin, the biggest book festival in Texas, to celebrate my book, to be on a panel, talk about my book, maybe sell a few copies, sign a few copies. So I traveled all the way down to Austin, stayed in a lovely B&B, &B, had a nice dinner to myself. I had a small child at the time, and it's like dream come true. I got up in the morning leisurely, had a leisurely morning at my B&B, &B, and then got myself together to go to my panel. And then when I was waiting for the shuttle, Amy Tan was there and it was like a dream come true. And I went to Amy Tan and I was like, oh, Amy Tan, I love your work so much. And she looked at me in a re really unfriendly way and was like, 
didn't actually even say words to me because she's so fucking sick of people. And I was like, oh, Amy Tan really doesn't like people anymore. Okay. And then I got the shuttle and I got to the beautiful festival. There is a point to this. And the point is this. My publisher was there and she was like, oh my God, Lisa, we were so worried about you. What happened? My panel was in the morning. Oh. I missed my goddamn panel in Austin. Where is your handler? I traveled to Austin from Washington, D.C. in order to miss my panel. Look, I'm sorry. <laughs> you are the fucking talent. They should have sent some minion over to the B&B to wake you up, help you with your hair and makeup. I needed a hand, driver. Hand feed you your breakfast. I know. And, and I'm then... Under those circumstances, I could really be a writer because when they showed up, I could be like super hungover God, and like right. looking for my cigarettes, just like writers are supposed to. Exactly. God, I didn't exactly. even get to be a writer the way no. I was supposed to be. No. no. I was wrong. You have, to, you have to act bad. <laughs> God, that sucks. It sucked. I was so uh -oh. embarrassed. I was so mortified. Yeah. Oh, honey. And we'll talk more. We will definitely talk more as we go through the series about the particular suffering of the unproductive writer and and what that entails, being productive as a writer and what it demands of us and, and other things. We won't, maybe we'll just do like one show on that or maybe five. Yeah, I actually think there's a huge growth market for the pain of the writer. For some reason, writers love to hear about how painful it is to write. Right. <laughs> they never get tired of that. No, and we, we have a lot of stories. But don't say it here on the show because somebody might steal it. You know uh, how okay. writers are. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's my thing is I have really been into blogging off and on for since 2005. So, you know, going on pretty soon, it'll be my math is so bad. Pretty soon it'll be 15 years off and on that I've been blogging. I'm fascinated by blogging and simultaneously I've had two um, very serious attempts to get my finances under control. Mm -hmm. um, and this, I'm in the second one and will hopefully be blogging this one as I blogged the last one. The last one didn't work out so good. Um, I actually think that I, I abandoned the blog um, in part, not fully because of this, but in part because I was getting deeper into debt. I didn't have a great triumph narrative. Like I started the blog thinking I'd have this great triumph narrative about how I'd get out of debt. And mm -hmm. You could follow me getting out of debt. Yeah. And that's not what happened. Um, and uh, some good things happened out of that blog. I had a little following, very little, but a, but a loyal following. Um, I did some, some good writing on that blog, um, in particular about the kind of the nature of work and some issues around money and work that I care about. My new project uh, is coming out of um, some pretty serious financial problems that I'm working to push back against and what I've learned so far from that. So I'm now two months into a new budget that it's going to be slow as Christmas. It's going to be three to five years before I see any really meaningful lack of debt. I am working on a concept and I'm doing it right this time, I think, that I'm going to do a very, very soft launch of a, a potential blog. I'm not going to set up the blog until I know that I have a real following. I've been doing some reading about this. Uh, apparently 500 people on a mailing list is a following that can support a blog and, and help you monetize it. Wow. And so what I'm looking to do is set up a blog. Um, probably by next fall, do a newsletter and or medium posts until then to build an audience. And the, the nature of the blog is it's going to be still another money blog by an ordinary person where you get to sort of watch me work to get out of debt. I share tips and tricks and ideas. I also share perspectives on like some of the bigger picture systematic reasons why so many of us are struggling. Um, I want to make sure that it's not just my voice. I want to have a lot of voices come in and guest blog. I want to have perspectives from people of color, from women of color in particular, um, from trans people, like whoever I know in my networks that I have a lot of great writers in my networks. I want this to be a place where people can come together and 
very practical. I think I gave you a ratio of like 80% practical, you know, tips and tricks. Um, no, 60, 40, 60% practical tips and tricks and about 40% um, dealing with the trauma and the emotional life that you have to live to confront your debt, to begin to save instead, to confront, you know, if your earning power is impaired by where you are in your life, whether it's age, whether it's your skin color, whether it's your gender, um, the ways in which we are all constantly being pressured to be consumers so that we never can get out of debt. So um, I guess I want to do a money blog Again, like this podcast, for the rest of us, those of us who've tried and tried and tried, and we don't want to hear, we do want to hear magical answers. We do want to hear, you know, 10 easy ways to be a millionaire by the time you're 70. We do want to hear that. But at the same time, I think people are also hungry to, to hear. I'm, I'm going to challenge myself to use those kind of blogging tricks and tools like the listicle and all the things you see that do work to get people to click. But instead when they click, what they get is authentic. And it's, you know, one of my posts that I'm working on right now is six things they won't tell you about why you're not out of debt or something That's like great. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of them, one of the particular tricks is um, don't do any saving that is buying based. In other words, until you're fully out of debt, put away all of your rewards cards, your like rewards credit cards. You know, don't do anything that saves you money when you buy things. Like only do things that give you real discounts mm -hmm. until you're until you're out of danger. Yeah. And for me, I won't be out of danger for another five years. Yeah. So for me, reward points are off limits. Uh, yeah. Credit card transfers off limits for me, you know, because they, they actually encourage you to go deeper in debt. So I, I want to write a blog for, I guess if I summed it up, I would say I want to write a blog for people who know that it's not just their fault that they're in trouble. People who need practical, really honest advice and um, people from all walks of life. So older people in particular, for whom a lot of the retire at 35 stuff, like that ship has sailed. They are yeah. now just looking to survive. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of us are in that be my blog. Yeah. So it's uh, a budgeting against the patriarchy. Oh, my poor little bell. <laughs> budgeting against the patriarchy. All right. So I'm going to be working this uh wherever and whenever I can on my project. How about you? What are you going to be doing? So I made spreadsheets this week. I made you a have time ton this week? of spreadsheets. I have a little workbook with a bunch of little tabs for oh, article ideas, uh, a timeline. Can block. you show me, show me that next week? Oh, yeah, I'll screen share. Well, we're not doing any screen sharing, but, like, yeah, I'll show it to you. My, my, my obsessive spreadsheets. Do I actually have, we were originally going to like have this running gag that I couldn't decide what to call my blog, but I actually have decided what to call it. So What are you going to call it? I am going to call it the traumatized budget. Nice. I like that a lot. Yeah, it got a good reaction, so I think I'm going to okay. go with it. And right now I'm calling my novel The Man Eaters. Ooh, I love that. I would buy that book. Cover. I would buy that book. And it's, you know, it's all for the movie, of course, because that's where the real... That's where the money is. Yeah. We need a tagline for our listeners. We need, Everybody, like, an ending. Yeah. Just do your best. Yeah, that's probably good. Let's do that. So, so We'll do it in unison. So, till next week, you guys. Just, just do, your do your best. That didn't work. <laughs> Let's try that again. Till next week, you guys. Just, Just do your best. Your best. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> okay, let's try one more Just time. Till next week, you guys. Just do your best. Just do your best. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, okay. Okay. So, till next week, you guys. Just, Just do 
do your best. <laughs> Maybe that's the test. Like, we'll never get it right. Nailed it. <laughs>